Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. And this is the Toys for Tots Marathon. We're always honored to be part of the show since each year it helps children to have a better Christmas. And if you find it in your heart, please donate to toys.wdwnt.com. And also check out the auction.wdwnt.com where you can bid on some very cool items and that will also help the cause. All right, so I'm Joe Hogarty. I am the host, and my co-host is who is here with me live at the studios, Fadra Eckers. Hello, everyone. Happy Sunday. And we also have Jack McCarthy. Howdy, folks. And we have Charlie Hunter. Hi, everyone. So uh, we, what we're going to do on this show is we're going to kind of go over the top news stories for the year, and we're also going to go over the movies that came out recently for the year, and also the TV shows. And we're going to say exactly how we felt about that and how Disney and Marvel and Star Wars are doing. Hmm. But I guess first, uh, let me introduce everybody. First, Fedra. So, Fedra, where are you from originally? And how did you make your way here? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> the long version or the short version? Short version. <laughs> okay, short version. <laughs> I was raised in Chicago on the north side, Albany Park. Uh, when I uh, moved to St. Louis to do music, from uh, St. Louis went to New York, from New York came to Florida. Now I'm going to be in March, April, two years in Florida. All right, so the short version doesn't include that you were in Serbia. No, yeah. Okay. That's where I was born. Yeah. Okay. All right, what about you, Jack? Tell people where uh, you're from, where you were born. Born and raised in Your shoe size. Moved over to Jersey, love in the Garden State. Woohoo! Uh, how'd I get here? I walked about 40 feet from my bedroom to my office. And uh, what about you, Charlie? I'm the honorary Brit, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, I have a podcast uh, called Russian Joke, all about forgotten 80s movies, uh, which I do with my partner, Amanda, Joe, and uh, my, fr my good friend, Dom. Yeah, so, no, I'm happy to say I'm a permanent member of Rusted Junk, and we talk about all 80s movies, and this season it's all sequels, right? It is, yes. And, yes, yeah, a lot of fun. Next one will be? Uh, well, we're doing two Christmas movies, uh, because the theme on season six is sequels. Uh, we will be doing Die Hard 2, which is a Christmas movie. Yeah. yeah. Christmas Day of Christmas movies. Uh, that and is debatable. One. It's not debatable, Joe. This is settled. Jack, you have to settle it. it is Die Hard, because I'm not going to ask Fedra, because I could tell what her answer is. Mm -hmm. What is it? Is Die Hard 2, is that a Christmas movie or not? Um, what is 2 is? I think the first one is. But the sequel... But, but not 2. I don't remember enough of it. It's been a while since I've seen it. It does take but place no. during Christmas. And there is a lot of snow in this one. Yes, there is snow. But I will say, no, I just, I don't think that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I don't think Batman Returns is a Christmas movie. I mean, it takes place during a Christmas time. Christmas movies are Home Alone, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, not Die Hard, not Lethal Weapon. What other movies then? Oh, Lethal Violently. Weapon. Yeah, that, that, Lethal Weapon is. Ugh. <laughs> what? 
Well, would you say Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie? Uh, that's a tough one, but yeah, I would right. say, yeah. It's kind of like right in the middle. I think it's, I usually watch it right before Halloween as it goes into Thanksgiving, you mm -hmm. know? And I'll probably watch it again for Christmas, but yeah, I think that's a, a fair point. But it's funny, Die Hard, Die Hard 2 and 3 don't seem to get much play over here, Charlie. Oh, that's a shame. You see, you see uh, Luke Street and Die Hard an awful lot. You see the original. But you don't see 2 and 3 too often. No, you don't. I was kind of shocked. As long as you don't see, yeah, as long as you don't see 4 and 5 no, ever never. again, then do you, everyone's happy. Well, I'll save my comments for the podcast because I do have a lot to say about Die Hard oh, 2. Good. But we'll wait for that. All right. Anyway, let's get into it. Let's get into the news. I know Charlie loves when I say that. Um, so I'm narrowing it down to the top news stories. And one of the biggest news stories that is ultimately is going to affect us is that Bob Chapek is out. Bob Iger is in. Is this a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Do you think that things are going to change dramatically or not? We'll start with Fedra since she's right here. Well, I mean, change always gives the the opportunity, you know, for something new. So, you know, fingers crossed. Um, but as we've seen, you know, Disney has a direction. So I really don't know how much sway he's really going to have. So I'm going to say that I'm very skeptical that it's probably going to stay the way it is. Not to be, not to sound negative, but it, it's just, you know, like we've said many times, one person doesn't have the power. It's the entire crew and, and the directions that they're going. So I want to be slightly optimistic to saying that now, since there's a new person, there's a possibility. But overall, no, I don't think we're going to see much change, sadly. All right. What about you, Jack? Uh, now, I think to contradict Pedro, I think we're going to see a lot of change. Uh, one person can change things. Look at what's going on over Warner Brothers. They got a new guy in and he's cleaning the house. He's turning it upside down and shaking it out. So I think this guy can make a big difference. I hope so. Because I think especially with Marvel, and Star Wars, Disney has gone way off direction. So, uh, but one thing about change is it brings hope. I'm and getting this vibe. Oh, big things get better. I'm getting this vibe from you and Frederick. So you do know that that Iger is returning. That he's not a new guy. Right. I know he's. I know right. he's returning. But since he's left, there's been a definite decline and a push for an agenda that's really getting tiresome. So I hope, once again, hope that things start to go back on track. Charlie, what's your opinion here? Well, I don't know. On the, on the controversy level, I don't know how high I can go. So I'll stick with a five. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's a good, give it a rating. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good rating. So we're starting off. You, <laughs> you're bringing the guy back in that was going in the wrong direction to replace the guy which is equally in the wrong direction and expecting change. 
I don't know how that works. Mm. Um, the last great Disney film was Coco. I and agree. that was five years ago. Yeah, that's about right. And then it all went, um, trying to think of a better word than downhill, but uh, downhill. Belly up. What, well, sorry? Belly up is a, is a word that we use over here. Oh, belly up, yes. Okay. I try not to introduce a lot of English, uh, English um, uh, things that would confuse your uh, loyal fan base. So we have uh, Mike and Bianca in the chat right now, and Bianca, I guess, is wishing us a Merry Christmas. And Mike says uh, the movie pipeline is a couple years, so we are going to be stuck with whatever they decided because they have gone into production with a lot of movies uh, and also TV. But so change is going to take quite a while. What change are you expecting? What change am I expecting? Uh, the, 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 the person who's returning already has a direction. So we know what it's going to be in two years. Well, the issue that I have is, yeah, I mean, I remember Bob Chapek did a lot of good things for the company, for sure. And I'm not even talking about the theme parks. We're basically talking about movies and TV, which we cover. Um, I agree with you, Charlie, that the wokeness started under his reign, and uh, it is kind of troublesome. But I think he's also learned watching from the sidelines, seeing what Chapek has done, and is like saying, well, all right, this guy royally screwed up. Now I'm going to come back and look like the white knight and save everything, and we're going to change direction. He knows that by going too woke or by doing specific things that it's not bringing any revenue to the company, that it's causing a problem. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at the box office for that strange world. That thing is going to bomb. It costs $160 million to make. Let's add $100 million more for marketing and merchandising, probably even more than that. And then it's supposed to make somewhere between 18 and $20 million. That's one of the worst openings that a Disney or Pixar movie has had for the Thanksgiving Day weekend. And it's, well, part of it is, it's, I wrote the review for the site. It's a boring movie. I can't see kids really being into it. And I say this over and over again. It's got to be about story. Story has to be paramount when it comes to selling a movie. If you want right. to put messaging in or inclusiveness and representation, you can do that, but it's got a story. It can't top story. And I think that that's what Disney forgets. And they, they pat themselves on the back and say, well, look, look what we're doing you know, for the world. We're making it you know, a, a better world by what we're doing. And again, that's fine. I mean, like we all loved Black Panther and there are like a ton of movies that we have watched that show inclusive, like look at Coco. We all love Coco. And Absolutely. we want yeah. to see more movies like that, but the story was very good. You just can't force something in there. And I think that that's what Disney has been doing in the last couple of years. And it's not only, it's hurting the movies, it's hurting the TV series, it's doing a lot. And I don't know why they're catering to a small percentage of the population that feels that this change must happen when they know that they've been doing good with, it's, it, the bottom line is, Disney is a company, it's a business, and it, it needs to make profits. It needs to make its shareholders happy. And I think right now, uh, I'm no longer a shareholder, I was, but if I was, I'd be kind of annoyed seeing the stock go down as much as it did in the, the last couple of years. But we all, you know, I, I don't want to, I'm rambling, I don't want to take away time from you guys, but I do think that Bob uh, Iger is going to bring change, like I said. 
Uh, I think it's going to definitely help the parks because he, he was a lot better with the parks. And Chapek was always cheap. He used to nickel and dime us out of a lot of things that we wanted to see in the parks where we were promised one thing and we got something else. Perfect example is Galaxy's Edge. That could have been so much better. We were told we were going to see robots going by and aliens going by. And they're like, no, we're saving that for the super expensive Galactic Star Cruiser hotel. You know. Anyway, I, I, we will see change. But it, like Mike had said, it's going to take some time before we see any kind of change because all this stuff has already been put in motion and they're either going to have to cancel movies like what uh, Zasloff did with Warner Brothers but I don't think that Disney is going to do that. I think they're just going to put them out. They're, it's going to lose money. Some of the movies. Hopefully it'll get better but right now we're, it, it's, it's optimistic that this guy is finally out because I don't know how he got as far as he did to begin with because even if you see him like when he talks he just doesn't look like he wants to be there he doesn't have a personality and that's important too for a CEO is that they have to portray enthusiasm excitement in the company and he just always seemed to lack that but God bless that guy because he made a lot of money for and for doing a lot of crap but I'm glad he's gone and hopefully It'll all be good. All right, let's go back to the chat here. So, Shale Iger, Iger is doing one more important thing, though. He's bringing home to, oh, the, cast members to the cast members and, the, and others that work for the company. I'm hoping it translates into films and TV shows. I, and hope, hope. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully that will happen. Let's see. Can I just point something out quick, Joe? Broke One is a good story. Rogue One has possibly the most diverse cast out of any Star Wars film. That is debatable, Charlie. But, it, but it's there. And it doesn't beat you around the head and go, you must like, like this. It just goes, here are great characters. Here's a great story. Enjoy. I, did, uh, so I agree. Tony Stark, 1138. He said, Galaxy Edge, mistake number one, based in sequel era. Very, very true. I, I've always said, Star, it should have been called Star Wars Land. Don't confuse people. Galaxy's Edge is just such a dumb name for a Star Wars Land. Make it simple. And then break it up into different trilogies and TV series. You could have a Mandalorian place. You could have a prequel area. You know, the original trilogy. But instead, they bet everything, all their chips they put on the sequel trilogy and it fell apart in the middle. And no one is really interested in what happens to Ray and Finn and Kylo Ren now because they screwed up the last one so bad that it just left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And now they're stuck with this land that's based in that era between, I guess it's episode eight and nine. I like your uh, idea of breaking it up because then depending on what part of Star Wars you enjoy, you can focus in that area. Rather than it's like, this is what you get. Take it or leave it. That's a good point. Yeah, oh, because... heck. Make it a time warp area. That'd be fine. Just, like Star... Just like Star Wars Weekend. Yeah. Like if I want to go to Hoth, I'm going to Everything Hoth. Everything out there. Or, or yeah, you, see the cue, you see the cues for... Empire. Yeah, you see the cues for Empire Strikes Back. You see the cues for Force Awakens. And, and meanwhile, Attack of the Clones. Everybody's there. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody wants to be all of these guys. 
So what? You take a picture with Kylo Ren and then you take a picture with Darth Maul. Who cares? So, you have to see the characters you love yeah. and take pictures. And that's what George Lucas said when they released the new Star Tours because they had the Empire Strikes Back, that Hoth in there, and everything else was prequel. And they said, well, why is Hoth in there from the, from the original trilogy? And he said, well, who cares? That's the whole thing. The, I think people would be okay if it was inconsistent with what the land should be, as long as they're having fun and entertained. And I don't think you can be entertained in Galaxy's Edge right now. They need to change it. Who knows if they will? Maybe if more and more or less and less people start to come, they will do it. Let's see. Well, I think the focus is more self stuff rather than entertain. If they worried about entertaining, seeing aliens walking around everywhere, you see the droids. I mean, let's face it, we've all seen the uh, little walking around the garbage tail in Animal Planet. We, there used to be an R2D2 that would roll around. It was the one one animatronic or whatever you want to call it, and a guy with a little remote. I can't see that breaking the budget for yeah. some place like this. But I think we will see that. I don't know why we don't see Wally like walking around like that. Yeah, that's cute. I mean, he yeah, has been cute. in the parks, but it's very limited, and it's. They, it, it frustrates the hell out of me when you think of the things that they can do and they don't do. And then you look at Universal Studios, like what they do at Harry Potter, and it, it, something has got to change. And hopefully it will, that we have a new regime or the meet the old boss, same as the new boss, or meet the new boss, same as the old boss, trying to quote the who. <laughs> uh, anyway, let me just get to Bianca. Bianca says they could have built a whole park of Star Wars. People would have loved it. Totally agree. 100%. Yep. And I always said, too, I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> but I always said what they should have done is if they were not confident that Star Wars could have sold the whole park, they could have made Star Wars, Marvel, Indiana Jones, whatever is associated with Lucasfilm, something that's more adventurous, but it's not animated. And it's not animal, mm. and it's not futuristic. You know, it's something that I think people would love something like that. But again, we don't work for Disney. I keep saying, if you guys put me as CEO of Disney, I will solve all your problems in one year. Just give me a billion dollar salary for one year, then I'm out. <laughs> Start to bring Only. <laughs> Slave Leia back to the park. Of course. She's got to yeah. come back. <laughs> anyway, all right, I'm going to try to shut up, and I'm going to let you guys talk, because I know I'm talking a lot. Uh, let's see here. I just want to look at the, the chat. Uh, Tony Stark says, now all the Star Wars they pump out in shows is original trilogy. They are confused or they know sequels are terrible. Or uh, they don't know how to wrap it up to, to make the sequels just as good. They just kind of yeah. tear down. That's a good idea. Yeah, I would have loved to have heard that they called it Skywalker Park. Okay. That would have been awesome. And um, Lucas that would be a good thing to do. A bit Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And well, we'll get into it. Oh, all right. You guys talk because I've talked so much. I need to shut the hell up. Um, do you have any ideas what they can do to change things for patrons of Disney and fans of Disney? 
you know, not only with the movies, what Bob Iger can do, uh, that you'd like to see him do? Take, take um, something that... Go ahead, go, Charlie, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I know there's a bit of a delay on my microphone, so I do, I do apologize if I uh, interrupt. Um, when I went to Disney, I, and I saw the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular, I went, that was great. That was really good. And I queued up and I went the next day. And I enjoyed it just as much, even though I knew what was coming. And I think the, the joy, I know I run an 80s podcast, so I'm probably, you know, stuck in the stuck in the past and how I would like it to be. But there's something about the realism of somebody doing something and a stunt, and especially when they recreated the plane scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark, and you know, Indiana Jones is getting thumped, and you know, and that then was, the thing comes around, and they do it all via some red fabric, and it looks like you know blood, and it's all done really well, and not. And not not scary for the kids, or not just exciting, just really good. And I'm, and I know that can't happen because everything's moved virtually. You know, you have to be put into something, and it works because I would love to be on the what's the other one on in the park that isn't uh, the uh, Melanie Falcon one, the one where you go off and you meet Kylo Ren. Oh, the rise of um, the resistance. The Rise of the Resistance. It's a I would great love ride. to go on that ride. Dude, Absolutely. So I just contradicted myself by saying that I like things, I don't like things like that. But let's get a happy medium in there. It is such let's an awesome some... ride. It, you know, and I'm right. sure you'll go on it soon. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I will. But do, do they still have the Indiana Jones? But they do. It's still spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> great. And it's great because it has audience participation in it too, which is kind of fun. Oh, we didn't have it when I saw it. Oh yeah, they do. They they usually pick like maybe ten people out of the audience, and you get to be part of the the cast. Oh yeah, when you're part oh, of right the, at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. What about you, Jack? So, what do you think would be the best uh, change that he well, could make? For me, I, I think that the parks need some love. Um, we used to go pretty frequently. I think. For a while, we were going every year, now it's every two years. But one of the great things about Disney was there were a lot of benefits to staying in a Disney property. They've really cut back where I, I don't think it's worth it anymore. You used to have the uh, Disney Express. So it's like we could go to Newark Airport, give them our luggage, and we don't see it till October. We could get off the plane, follow the path wherever, uh, get on a shuttle bus, and go. And we're at we're at our hotel. Uh, when we're at our hotel, the shuttle buses are running very frequently, and you get there. You also are able to sign up ahead of time or fast passes which are now gone, I believe. Uh, there were a lot more options for dining. All these things have been cut down or eliminated outright, yet the prices and the ticket prices go up. Uh, also, I believe they even got rid of the park hopper, which used to be terrific because 
there's only so much magic in the market. Well, I think you're, some of it's misinformation. Uh, there are okay. some. I, I'm glad to hear where I'm wrong, just so other people can know. But I mean, I've just been hearing so many things have been cut, or the price has increased that they're going out of range for your typical family. Is are the park going meant for the one percent? I don't know. What about you, Fed? Uh, yeah. And also. Can you do me a favor? Yeah, I'm gonna. I wanted to read a few. Yeah, I wanted to monitor. Help yeah. me monitor the check. It's yeah, like so much um, stuff is going through. I appreciate it. Uh, Shale, that's something Ch Chapik was missing. He was so disconnected from the people. Even Eager would go out in the parks, didn't he? And then, um. She also says, yeah, but you learn something by just going out and just asking how somebody's day is when they're out there. You find out what people want. The internet is just one thing. And I think I definitely want to piggyback off of Jack. I mean, I 100% agree with what Charlie's saying, but, you know, <laughs> before, you know, I did this, you know, a while ago, my focus was in retail and in customer service. And when I see you know, the way that the economy is going and the way that prices have been rising. I agree with what Jack is saying that one of Walt Disney's wishes and what has been around forever is that this has been a family park and it's been affordable for families. And I think that that's one part that really does need to change is that, yes, if they're gonna adjust pricing, it still needs to be affordable for families, otherwise, you're missing your focal point of your brand. I, I, I understand that branding is everything, but it's also about the environment, the atmosphere. And from what I understood, because uh, I actually worked at St. Louis Zoo, and when I first started working there, they gave us a book that was based off of one of the managers that worked at Disney for over 20, 25 years. He was, I, I'm sorry that I can't remember his name. But his focal point was the service of making sure that every person that went to Disney was listened to, accommodated, and, and treated with that Disney experience, is, is what he would say. I remember that. And where is that now? You know, if we're feeling that from just watching a movie, from just watching a series we feel ignored or not as um, listened to. I can't even imagine when you go to a park. It must be a whole other level. And that's where I would say, yeah, look at the numbers. Look at your dollars. That's going to tell you, you know, something plain, plain point that, you know, things need to change. And, you know, sadly, we are very logical that way. You know, sometimes they're not going to listen to how we feel. Sometimes we, d we do need to make a point with our dollars and say, hey, the family's not going to go this year or the next five years. Not only can we not afford it, we don't even feel welcome. And that's something I think Walt would definitely be rolling in his grave right now. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I agree with that. So... Uh -huh. Again, let me take the position of CEO of Disney instead of Bob Iger. And this Since is he's got paid a billion dollars. Excuse me, what did you say, Mr. McCarthy? Since <laughs> you just got paid a billion dollars. A billion dollars. A billion yeah. dollars. So what I, the first thing I would do 
is I would bring in Kathleen Kennedy and I'd bring in Kevin Feige into my office and say, look, I only have room for one of you guys. Similar to The Dark Knight, fight to the death <laughs> and whoever survives can remain on board. And I would hope that Kevin Feige survived so that I could fire him myself because he has dropped the ball so hard that he doesn't deserve to return anymore. I, I don't appreciate, I don't understand why he gets so much credit for the MCU because he screwed up royally with phase four. I would just get yeah. rid of him, look for somebody else because he's, now he's putting his politics into, into, into the MCU, which nobody really wants to see. If you want to do it for a couple of movies, that's fine. But when it's consistently you're being preached to, by the characters that they need to think a certain way or they need to be on, on either the left or the right. You, we don't need that. We want to see superheroes fight super villains. And that's another thing. When are we ever going to see a villain again that remains a villain? That they don't always have to be redeemed by the end of something. Like even this strange world that I saw, there were no villains in this. It's like, they. I think they think that children and adults are too soft in order to appreciated a villain or they might be too scared to have a good villain in it i am i just want to see a good villain and we haven't really seen one in a long long time tony stank agrees he says yep fire kathleen we can get kevin to come around kennedy has done zero right and kevin has a good track record i'd say he's he's been on and off and i agree that you know if there were certain parameters i, I think he could come around because you definitely see some spirit in his writing, but I do agree. That I don't know if it's him or if it's the writers and crew around him that there are certain agendas in place that could uh, be tell me what, the, the, could be a little oh, sorry, bit more relaxed. Yeah, you know, I was going to say the, vil the villain these days is is your heart because you're not opening it up to let the love in, and that's the villain. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> that's why the share price is tanking yeah there's no such thing as bad people anymore they don't no. exist not in disney anxiety is the new villain yeah. there you go it's so funny when i was in the car with Frederick coming down here i said we're not going to have enough for two hours we we're on the first news story <laughs> we still haven't gotten past that <laughs> Um, this happens on the regular show. It's the regular show, yeah. Yeah, we could pump them out real quick. Yeah, we could probably go for five hours, but I don't know if anybody would like that. Quick, quick fire news opinions. Yeah, now I'm going to have to cut some of these stories. Maybe we'll go back to it if we run out of time, but which I severely doubt that we will. Uh, let's talk about some the returns of some superheroes. And DC had Henry Cavill returning as Superman, and now Hugh Jackman is returning as Wolverine. Yes. What do you think that is all about? I mean, and how do you feel about both of them coming back? Uh, I think a lot of it is the camaraderie. If it wasn't for Ryan Reynolds, I don't think you, Jackman, would be coming back as Wolverine. True. True, yeah. They're friends, and I can honestly see uh, the way that you, Jackman, was announced happening. You know, I'm done. I, he's always been like, I'm done with Wolverine. I've done my bit. The story's over. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And then his friend says, Hey, how about one more time? He's like, Okay. So I can honestly see it happening that way. Henry Cavill, I am thrilled he's back. I think he 
makes a terrific Superman. I just hope they get a good script where we see Superman the way he is. They supposed to inspire hope, not be a emo Superman. You know, and let's face it, he looks apart. He fits it. You know, and when he when he turns on the charm too, Superman should have that put people at ease and say, "Hey, everything's going to be all right." He pulls that off when he's allowed to, but the script says you have to look all sad and gloomy and keep your stark secrets. Yeah, there should not be anything dark in Superman. And I think Henry Cavill kind of does that. Those last little clips we saw in Justice League, where you know Flash is trying to save one family, and Superman kind of flies by carrying a building, and he's sort of like, "Hey, how you doing?" Or the race between the two of them at the end. Henry Cavill pulled off that Superman charm. He's just got to be led by the script and the director. So I, I'm. Glad he's back, and I hope we see a fun Superman movie. Charlie. Well, who would have known that bringing something back that people like would work? Hey, um, it's it, 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 we're in a situation. We are situation now is Warner Brothers is come in and it's gone. Whoa, 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 whoa. I need to stop this scorched earth policy. I don't know what you're doing to these characters. I don't know why they need changing. Meanwhile, Marvel over the fence goes, oh no, 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 we're burning the whole lot. There's no more Captain America. There's no more Steve Rogers. There's no more Tony Stark. There's no more Thor. I think actually, well no, there might still be Thor. I don't know. But anyway. No, not right so now. We're gonna, well, yeah, we're going to get rid of all of your characters and we're going to switch them. And it's not going to be for the better, but we don't care because we're going to switch them. And we're not bringing them back. You're never going to see Robert Downey Jr. again. You're never going to see Chris Evans again. Or you no. might see him as the, the bad, the, the Hydra version, hmm. uh, of course, because that's just part of the Scorched Earth thing. So Marvel should be looking, peering over the fence and going, Oh, this Wolverine thing, and uh, how's, how, how do you think that's going to work out? And Henry Cavill coming back. Uh, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. They're not bothered. They've got, their, they've got their mission, they've got their road that they're going down, and there's no room to turn around and change, unfortunately. Because you're not going to have a character like Lasloff coming in and going, stop this now. <laughs> let's change it and let's get some stuff back and get bums on seats and get everybody back in event films everyone talks about and majority loved let's get a top gun maverick which i don't know anybody that didn't like that film so universally it is loved and makes billions so it works who, who would have known hey well uh, just to put a little attention to the chat, uh, Tony says, it's a Marvel Disney agenda, been in the comics before the MCU, 
Matthew says DC really needs to find the right tone. They don't have to be the moody teenage cousin. Uh, and Mike <laughs> says Marvel needs to accept recasting characters, not retire the pantheon. I mean, I'm very excited. The whole idea of Deathpool and Wolverine together. I mean, we're going to have wit, sex appeal, edginess wittiness violence you know i love moody wolverine i really do when he just gets pissed and he just brings out his fangs i mean i just i love it i really do um uh, i mean deadpool sometimes he kind of makes me a little uncomfortable with his vulgarity but then i'm like that's the character and ryan reynolds is the character so and, and i really love that kind of homage that you said jack because again we have to also see these actors are real people and sometimes you know disney or marvel is really pushing them to the edge i can see why um, Chris Evans is kind of like, yeah, I kind of don't want to do Captain America right now. Yeah, you got to give me more money or you got to you got to figure out something for me to really want to do this because I'm kind of done. I, I can see that happening. So the fact that, you know, Ryan Reynolds is like, come on, for old time's sake, let's give this a try. Like, I, I kind of love that. You know, it really brings that team, you know, to it. Um, so I, I'm very excited uh, to see this, you know, happen. I mean, it, it re really kind of need it right now with Phase Four. I, I want to get excited about something. True. Well, I'm that, that's say, a good point. I, I mean, it, it, I just find it tough to get excited about what's coming out from Marvel lately. I I see the ads, and they just they don't do it for me. I've yet to see Wakanda Forever. And now that I know it's coming out after Christmas on Disney Plus, uh, the incentive for me isn't there to go to the theater. Yeah, that that hurts. I almost want to see what I had this weekend, just for something to see. And we all know how I feel about DC <laughs> movies. Um, I was going to say, Jack, I think you're living in a big fantasy world. If you think that Ryan Reynolds called up Hugh Jackman and said, let's do another movie. Well, let's do a movie together. That's it. And period, end of sentence. That's not how it works. He might well, have spoken. I like my island. What's that? You like your I island? I like my island. Okay, you stay on your island. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> how it works is basically he probably did approach him and said, look, we can make big money with this movie. Maybe we can both be co-producers and make a ton of movie. Let's talk to Disney about it and see what they say. And Disney's like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of money if we bring back Wolverine and he's with, in a movie with Deadpool. We don't even have a story yet. Sounds good. Green light it. Let's do it. You know, and that's what everybody wants. Give the people what they want. They want to see something like that. And there's no reason why we can't have both. Like you don't need to kill off Tony Stark in order to have a female black teenager girl Iron Man, you know, be the center of the being the new Iron Man. You don't have to kill off or get rid of Steve Rogers in order to have the Falcon emerge as the new Captain America. You can have them both and like, like see what happens. See what happens if you you put out an Iron Man movie and see what happens if you put out a Iron Heart movie and what the box office is like. Now, if it's Iron Heart's contributing somewhat to the box office, yeah, keep going. But don't say, well, this is the new Iron Man. This is who you have to like from now on because we're not going back to what you did like. You did like this person, you should like this person. No, we, we want to see what we want to see. Entertain us. 
don't preach to us. Don't tell us that this is what we have to like from now on because we're not going to change anything. You're like, we're paying for these movie tickets. True. Like, give yeah. us fun. Or we're not. Or we're not, exactly. So, I don't know. But and Mike makes a good point about, you know, that they just need to recast the characters. And, uh, all right, I'll, I'm going to jump right into the, this other story. Um, maybe this will be our last story since we're getting long already. Quentin Tarantino recently says that Marvel actors are not movie stars. There are no movie stars. It's the characters that are. So Captain America, when you go see a Captain America movie, you're going to see Captain America. You're not going to see Chris Evans. When you're sure. seeing an Iron Man movie, you're going to see Iron Man, not Robert Downey Jr. Look how good... Robert Downey Jr. does at the box office when he's not Iron Man. Like Doolittle, bombed. Yeah. You know, anything yep. that he does going forward might make some money, but it's not going to make the money that is generated from the Iron Man movies. And I think that that's what a lot of these actors don't realize. It's not you. Don't get such a big head that you should be demanding $40 million a picture now just because a Marvel movie did good. It's because they're all replaceable. You can replace Captain Steve Rogers, Captain America, can be replaced. We've seen Spider-Man and Batman replaced so many damn times. Why can't T'Challa Why can't T'Challa be replaced? Amen. You know? Yeah. It's their it's their virtue signaling that or recast. Yeah. You know, just recast. It's like cuz I, I I did like Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa. He was a great Black Panther. But the way that they're making him, it's like he's the best actor that ever existed and that we no longer can make any movies with Black Panther in it because he was the mold. And But there, there are so many good black actors that I know that could take on that role. I keep saying Marshall and Ali. I would love to see him as the Black Panthers. You know, get rid of that Blade movie. I know a lot of people want to see Blade come back, but he's not happy with it. Um, it's on hold right now. Make him be Black Panther. Is it? I, didn't, I hadn't heard that. It yeah, is on hold. No yeah, the, the directors are having major problems with. Uh, oh wow! You know, they don't know what they're doing. There are only two action scenes in the whole story, apparently. What? And um, that's what I heard. Um, but yeah, it's a mess right now. So they have to go back from to the drawing board and see what they're going to do with this movie. In that movie, let him be Black Panther. I think he would be awesome. Love to see him like that. But and the character has so much life left to it. Yes, there's yeah. so many Black Panther stories that are great. Just to wrap up, and you know, Wakanda Forever. Replace which story? I think I'm the only one that's seen Wakanda Forever here, right? Yes, I believe so. Charlie, was, did you see Wakanda? No. It was so hard for me to Just put together a roundtable because no one wanted to see it. And wow. it's because... Really? That's saying something. When you have a Black Panther movie, Black Panther should be in it. You know, and this is a spin-off movie. It's Shuri as Black Panther. She is not Black Panther. Again, they want to force us to say, yes, we can have powerful women that can be just as powerful as the men. But that's not what we want to see. You know, like when we see... If they kill off James Bond movie, the next movie should not be about Q, you know, and his adventures, because it's going to bomb at the box office. Just use their, your brain. It's so frustrating. Actually, that might be fun. You think a Q movie would be fun? 
I think it could be funny. Oh, Jack. Because I think you might end up with like an Inspector Gadget sort of deal. That, you know, he's there and stuck in the cave and builds himself a pseudo-farmer, breaks out, destroys a terrorist. I don't know. I, he might be half kidding. I can't tell because he's far away. I can't see his face. <laughs> But, oh, no, actually, I see a bigger picture of you over there. I, could, I should look over there now. Um, yeah, so, again, Wakanda Forever, it just felt like it was a chick flick for me. You know, there were so many girls in that. There was M'Baku was the male, Namor was the male, and then The Hobbit was the male. There, there were three males, and that was it. And then there's a surprise male at the end. But it's, I, I think the messaging that they were trying to say is that women could do everything that men can do but better. And I'm not saying that that's not the case, but we don't need to be hit over the head with propaganda like that, because that's not what people want to see. And you could see it's, it's, it's hurting them at the box office. It's, thank, it was never going to make... Matthew. He says, man, comma, Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> Very you. good point, Matthew. Point taken. <laughs> but although Black Panther, he's not Black Panther man. But he's always been associated with. But like I said, in <laughs> when we were discussing it in a past episode, just so that you know the viewers here could hear us, because I definitely want to point that out that we stated and we gave the example, at least I did, that when Christopher Reeves passed, even though to me he will always be Superman, they yeah. didn't just say, "Okay, we're never going to do another man Superman. We're going to just have a Superwoman or." or Supergirl, and that's the end of that. Like, no, they, they recast oh, it. And I feel that they should have done Black Panther, Black Panther 2, even Black Panther 3, with a recasting of Chad Boswick, and then move into the multiverse, and then make Wakanda Forever, to show the female aspect of what if Black Panther passed away and we had to pass it down to the sister or to the mother or to, to show that different multiverse and to see that different way of storyline. But to go from that to that, I feel like it was just too fast Yeah. for me. I, I, I would have preferred for a recasting because the introduction of Chad Boswick was really like monumental. I mean, I still remember being in the theater that day, the energy the people cheering, standing, seeing this like for the first time. And we were like, yeah, you know, like that's what I would want to see in the sequel. Now it's just like, yeah, I don't know if I should even go. Like that just depletes, yeah, exactly. that depletes the whole energy and purpose of the character. Why would you do that? Especially I, to the readers like and the listeners like I, it, that boggles my mind. Well, it, look at it, that. Also, the tickets. My tire was killed. Right. And I was getting a play-by-play during the movie. What did you say? <laughs> the play-by-play I'm getting. Joe's in there for half an hour, and he's like, I'm having trouble staying asleep. Well, I'm staying awake. Stay awake. To send out a text like that during the movie, it's like, whoa, there's got to be some problems here. You know, I'm used to getting the whole movie I hated that, but during the movie. But talking about cinema tickets, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm not going to be fooled again. 
I learnt my lesson with Doctor Strange. I definitely learnt my lesson with Batman. The Batman. Good Lord. That was the worst film I've seen in a long time. <laughs> and I do want my time and my money back. But we, I've just, I've just booked our family's um, annual Christmas films where we go to the cinema. And we're going to see, obviously, without Amy, my daughter, we're going to see Die Hard. We're going to see Muppet Christmas Carol. We're going to see Elf. And we're going to see Home Alone 2, not 1. And I know that might be heresy, but we're going to see 2. We prefer 2. We prefer the brick in the face every time. Is it, is it like an English thing? Like, do the English prefer Home Alone 2? Or is it just your family? Uh, I think it's just it, I think it's just us. I think probably Home is more universally liked. In because of the nice, homely Christmas, and and, and it was new, um, and it was and it's great. I, I refuse to believe there is a Home Alone three, four, five, six, whatever you know, what that whatever that remake was that they did last year. Not interested. <laughs> I'm, I am not going to be fooled again. But what the point I was trying to make about cinema tickets is, there are three lots. Three people, four lots of cinema tickets that we are cannot wait to go to the cinema to see. And this comes back, probably comes back to make films with a story, make films that people want to go and see. And there is such a joy and a beautiful joy of going to a cinema, locking yourself away, no devices, unless you Joe after half an hour of film he doesn't like, right, but no devices, no distractions. And you just enjoy it and you know what's coming and you know you're going to laugh and you know other people are going to laugh and you're just like i cannot wait but there's the money that they're losing because i'm not going to the cinema any other time there's no there's no event films apart from top gun maverick which i i gave three lots of cinema tickets to two and four dx which cost me basically i had to remortgage the house Right, but it was worth it, and I went back again, and then I went and saw it in IMAX. So they had three lots of my money, and I dare say if it was closer, I would have gone four or five times. Have my money. Yeah, I, Infinity War, I saw that at least eight times in the theater. Right. Wow. Even The Force Awakens, I must have saw close to ten times. I loved it. I loved The Force Awakens, but then The Last Jedi came out. I think I saw it twice in the theaters. Good film, Joe. Rise of Skywalker. Well, it had its problems, but I, I was starting to see the beginning of the wokeness with that movie. And then The Rise of Skywalker, I saw it once, and I never picked it up. I have the whole set of Star Wars movies. That does not belong on my set. It's incomplete because I refuse to watch that crap. It's just garbage. Well, Jack, you got a shout out uh, from it's Bianca. And uh, Bianca shouts out. Jack only uh, listens to himself. I, I see that. Uh, <laughs> no, Fedra, no, Fedra is talking to you. Yeah, Bianca oh. did a shout out. I can't wait until Jack watches Black Panther Wakanda Forever on Disney Plus because I think he's going to like it. Uh, Bianca, I think 50p doesn't. Yeah, oh. me too. I'll, I'll hey. raise that. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'm staying open. I just. Uh, you know, just so far, said what I said, but yeah, I, I, I want to definitely get Jack's opinion for sure. Well, miraculously, Jack has somehow seen 40 minutes of it, which we won't get into, and he did not like it. 
Uh, I do he, not care for it. He is not going to like Namor because uh, he's he knows Namor in the comics, and that is not Namor in the comics. I don't think he's going to like it. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. This might be another Joker where he may not even see it. Are you going to see it? Well, December? I don't know why he's got Jade coming out. No, it's not. What's that? I don't know why his Jade coming out of the snow is like stop. I don't know why. Yeah, but are you going to watch it when it's available on Disney Plus? When it's free? Yeah. Probably. I'll see if I can get past the 30 to 40 minute mark. Well, you can fast forward. Yeah, that's true. I canceled my Disney Plus. Oh, you did? When they fired Gina Carano. And I told them that was the reason why <laughs> I never went back. Yeah, Sorry, I wouldn't mind seeing her back now. Uh, who knows? Maybe she will come back with uh, Iger. Charlie, I, I definitely appreciate your principles. That you're Thank just you. like, that's it. I, I really, really value that a lot. All right, let's get into the movies. So I'm going to... Well, I, it's not true. I was going to say 10 movies. Some movies haven't come out yet. I might be missing movies, so let me know if I'm missing any. But I'm going to list the superhero movies that came out this year and let me know what you thought about them. What was your favorite? And I'm sure some of them you haven't even seen. So there's the Batman. There's Morbius. There's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. There's Thor Love and Thunder. There's the DC League of Super Pets. There's Black Adam. And there's Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Was there any of those movies that stood out for you guys at all? Again, I know that you probably haven't seen most of them, but did you like any of them? Uh, Fedra? Did you mention Doctor Strange in there? Yes. Yeah. I mean, because of, I mean, maybe that's a bias, but I really did love Doctor Strange, the first film. And I would say out of the ones you just named, it was somewhat to par. Um, again, because of the knowledge that I don't need to go through again. Uh, that's what I appreciated about it, because I could see how things were interwoven. Um, but a lot of the others, no, really just not. And you made a good point this whole year. There are a lot of dark things in Marvel movies recently. Yes. I, I don't think... Uh, I think that's the, the only thing that's been really hard for me to keep watching. Disney series and Disney films is the amount of occult, metaphysics, and Satanism that are directly in there. And I will go toe-to-toe -to, -toe to anybody that wants background of, of any of it. And I, I don't find that particularly in my gut feeling good about that because growing up with Disney, I always felt Disney was magic in a positive way, loving each other, you know, going that route, you know? I, I never thought we would be swaying into this dark realm. And I know Marvel is different. Marvel's about, you know, being a superhero and there is fighting and magic and all that stuff involved. But when we go to Disney, again, I, I keep saying it's supposed to be about family. You don't sacrifice children with family. You need to see Black Adam. I can't wait for you to see that one because <laughs> that one, you might have an hour speech on, on that one. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I had a lot, I had two pages with Doctor Strange. Yeah. I, I still can't believe all of that was fit in there. And... 
it's fascinating and if anybody you know that's viewing this can go back and watch the round table of that where I go into it and I have I have background links for everything. And then when we did the Hall the Halloween special, yeah, that was night. huge. I could yeah. not believe they had Alistair Crawley's, you know, things in there. I was oh, like, whoa, like, yo, that's that's a name that you don't really pair with Disney. You go toward uh, Wiccan and witchcraft, you know? I still think that a lot of these people that are doing all this are kind of like the kids at a party when they used to do a seance. Mm -hmm. They don't believe in it, but they think it's. You don't have to believe it's in spirits. Cool to use. <laughs> they believe in you. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but it's wrong for them to push it. I, I do agree. With yeah. That. Yeah. What about you, Charlie? Were there any standout movies for you? I only saw half of them. <laughs> I'm um, surprised you saw half of them. Yeah. Um, instantly forgettable. No, no, no. Oh, I should be more in a holiday holiday spirit and be cheery and ho ho ho, but I've got nothing positive to say about it. I'm I'm really sorry. Well, I know your feelings on the Batman. Oh. So there's Doctor Strange and then there's Thor: Love and Thunder. Which one out yes. of those two did you like? Is is Better. this a case of I've got like a gun to my head and I've got to pick one? Yeah, this is the desert island thing. You know, it's like oh, right. Okay, you're stuck on a desert <laughs> island with one movie. And you have to choose one. Oh, choose Thor. Thor. So you like Thor oh. better than Doctor Strange? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor Strange does not do well on a repeat viewing. Not at all. Um, on Jack Simon, by the way, uh, could he just have Joker on repeat, and then he'll finally watch it? That'd be great. What? I have to vote myself off the <laughs> what you you want Jack to be on a desert island with just Joker? Is that what you yeah. said? I think you need to finish it, Jack. That'd be so. It's only cool. been three years. <laughs> I'd pay money I'd be to see. Standing that. on the edge of a cliff, saying, "Hobbity, where are you?" <laughs> um, I would say out of all these movies, probably Thor: Love and Thunder because it was the most fun, you know. I agree. Chris Hemsworth uh, seems to enjoy the role. He got back in shape. But it sounds like, yeah, he's walking away from acting for a while because he was diagnosed with a, uh, what is it? He has a proficiency of getting he's Alzheimer's. He's very to Alzheimer's. Uh, and he also kind of made it somewhat clear that he doesn't want to work with Takiyu Watiti anymore because he kind of treats Thor as a joke. He wants, if he comes back as Thor, he wants it to be a more grounded movie, a more serious movie, you know, instead of Thor being the laughing stock. Which I'm glad he kind of, he didn't come right out and mention him, but it was obvious that he was talking about him. And I do agree. It's like Thor was such a cool character in Infinity War, and then they just destroyed him in Endgame. And ever since, he's just been a laughing stock. You guys can comment if you want. I mean, I liked seeing, you know, playful Thor. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the powerful and the strength and showing that masculinity. But I did, I did love the lightheartedness. As I said before, I needed it in that film. I mean, it really caved for me when we went the cancer route. 
you know, I, I appreciate it and I know why it was there, but yeah, I really loved the fact that they were making it comical, but I agree it shouldn't be throughout, like, the whole thing. We do need to take Thor seriously, too. And I did, I like Jane Foster Thor. I thought she was really good. Oh, yeah. It was a, it was a perfect balance, I think. It because wasn't she wasn't much, overpowered. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she did look up to Thor. Like, she did recognize that he could do some things that she couldn't. But she was very, very good. And, and that's what it's got to be. It's kind of... You can't introduce a new character like She-Hulk and say, well, she's better than the Hulk in every single way. Mm -hmm. And they didn't do that with Jane Foster Thor, which I appreciate. You know, she, again, she did some things better, but she still admired that he can, she, he can do things that she couldn't do. They had great chemistry. They did. And they had such sass between the two. So I, lo I liked that. <laughs> and they also made it that she was new to the gig. What did he say? You know, like, she didn't come in and she's poor today. She knows everything. You know, no, she's still, you know, the catchphrase bit were great. Yeah. Yeah. I thought those were very funny. And they even made, you know, even the fact that, you know, she says, you know, let's let's feed them the rainbow or something like that. And, and Thor's like, she's really, she's really new to this, you know. Just even... Hulking itself for fun, they did a good job of that. And she, I thought it was great. So out of the list, you said, yo, same thing. I enjoyed Thor, Love and Thunder. The other ones, if I saw them, mince and mince. And she's pretty easy on the eyes, too, I got to say. Oh, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I've been saying this for a while. Avatar, The Way of Water. Are you guys going to see it? Which one? Avatar The Way of Water. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know yeah. you will. Yeah. You want to live there. <laughs> yeah, I want to go in the IMAX and see that on full-blown. Yes. Uh, Jack. I have no desire to see it. Well, suppose it gets 10 out of 10. Suppose I review it and I give it a 10 out of 10. Will you go see it? Yeah, but you gave Joker like 9 out of 10. I, I was just going to say that. <laughs> it's been too long. And I'm sorry, James Cameron makes some great movies, but oh, why the hell did he wait so long? That now I any interest I had in Avatar is gone by now. I don't even want to rewatch the original. Uh, he takes so it's nice and dusty on my DVD shelf. What about you, uh, Charlie? You I'm with Jack. It? You're with Jack. No interest. Suppose Amy wants no interest whatsoever. Charlie, welcome to the island. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I will. I've got a copy of Thor: Love and Thunder. <laughs> so yeah, you got Joker and yeah. Thor in that island. That's good. Um, no, I want to see it. I think it looks good. I, I mean, I try to have faith in James Cameron because usually the stuff he does is good. I will admit the first Avatar was overrated, uh, but it did bring about some interesting changes in technology to the 3D which we had forgotten about for years. He finally made very popular, and then people just destroyed it by putting out everything in 3D that looked like crap. Um, so maybe he'll do it again with, with the 3D for this movie. I'm definitely going to go see it in 3D because the first one was so good in it. Um, but his problem, what always makes me sad, is that he spent 20 years on the Avatar movies, and he's not done yet. It's going to be at least another five movies. That's... 
maybe 30 years he's spending on Avatar, which means we don't get to see a Terminator 2. We don't get to see an Aliens or a True Lies because he does do good movies at times. He Instead, does. He's, he's wasting his time on this world. Again, it's similar to Disney. You're giving us stuff that we really don't want. You know, we want to see you do something good. We know you can do something good. You're a good director. You're not, you don't hit a home run all the time, but you've hit a lot of home runs, you know? Don't waste it on four or five movies of Avatar. Um, and Jack you is You just contradicted yourself, Joe. What's that? I, because I am, how dare you? Well, I'm sorry. I, but, you know. Oh, the first Avatar wasn't very good, but the technology, the 3D wasn't bad. So yeah. it's got nothing to do with story. It's all about the magic. Then I'm a sucker. And you're just going to go and see whether or not they can improve the 3D rather than looking forward to the story. Well, I, like oh, the way, uh, I like the CGI uh, too. It's not just the 3D. Well, the music but, was but good. You can have a CGI fest with no story, like Avatar. I'm still interested in it. I mean, I like the trailer. I would say out of all the trailers that they released this year, um, that was my favorite even though I don't know what the hell's going on. Looks nice. I think Jack and I should save our, save our money. We'll go out and go bowling. Should we go do that, Jack? Instead? Yeah, go bowling. Instead of watching Avatar. Go bowling. Yeah. You know what, Charlie? I, I think I would rather go bowling. Yeah, let's do it. At least I get some wins at the bowling alley. What about Indiana Jones <laughs> 5 that's coming out? Now, we've heard a lot of stuff about this. And it does sound like it's going to be a time travel movie and that there is going to be a younger version of a de-aged Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. Um, and from what we've heard, and we don't know if this is all BS, but apparently he is going to die. He may, he may potentially be replaced by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, do you think they should have left it with the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Or do you think it was a good idea to make one last Indiana Jones movie? Jack looks like he's pensive. I don't know. Um, after the Crystal Skull, uh, which I think there could have been a great movie in there if they cut out some elements. I think Harrison Ford has had his time as Indiana Jones. And I don't think they should finalize it with killing him, but I'd like to see a recast. I mean, we've seen James Bond recasts. Um, there's still life in the character. Recasting and younger, you could also go back in time again. Do you want to see? I think Indiana Jones was best when he was fighting Nazis. Do you want to see Phoebe Waller-Bridge take on the role as Indiana Jones? I want to go that far. Um, I think we should still have Indiana Jones, uh, not a woman playing him. Uh, I think, you know, I think we should have Indiana Jones, the character as he is, but set back again, set to the 1940s, 1930s. Uh, have Chris Columbus come in. He makes great period pieces from that era. And give him a stab at Indiana Jones. I mean, 
I don't, I don't think they have to put the nail in the coffin for it. But once again, this is Disney, Lucasfilm, afraid to recast. And you have a great character, and you're going to put him out in pasture because the actor has gotten too old. So I, I'm torn. This one I will go see. I mean, it's been a while, uh, not as long a while as between the Avatar movies, but it's Indiana Jones. Uh, just out of curiosity, what they're going to do. So, Charlie, are you going to save your money or are you going to go see it? Uh, I, <laughs> I, can, we, can we talk about something with that where I can spread some happiness? Because each, each of the topics, it's going to look like I'm the Christmas Grinch. I'm really sorry. But I think this film, I think the new film, is going to make Kingdom of the Christmas, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull look like Citizen Kane. It's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna be. I don't know. Let's, if I got let's that have far. some context on this. Can we have a Phoebe bet on Waller that? Bridge, no. Well, Phoebe Waller Bridge is over here. Has made a series called Fleabag. Yeah, it's over here too. Very woke. Very, you know, feminist orientated. All that sort of thing. Nothing wrong with that. But she is a high priestess of woke, and that is who you're going to choose to replace Indiana Jones. Well, you've just told us, if that's true, you've just told us everything we need to know. Because it's, it's going to swap it, you're going to go there, and I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of people that go, do you remember Crystal Skull? That we nearly got Shia LaBeouf as the new Indiana Jones. And at the end of this new film, you'll be praying that it was Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> you know, it's funny, I, I felt that way after I saw Rings of Power. I started watching The Hobbit again, and I was like, I guess this movie wasn't as bad as I thought, you know. Fedris? I want to be hopeful that they will at least end this tastefully and classy of showing the spirit of Indiana Jones when they do this change of the hat. Um, I mean, I, I would love, I think it's about time. You know that Harrison hangs the hat to do to do other things, or, or to even retire if he so chooses. I, I agree with that, especially with I think you were going over this past year how many accidents he was having just just filming the darn thing. Um, so of course I want to, you know, think think concern of his safety. You know, to make these films, um, a female replacing to be a female Indiana Jones. I don't think I'm too attached, so I can definitely see what, what they're gonna do with it. Um, but I'm not too excited like to see it. I mean, I want to definitely, and I wanna see how, how do they make that transition? I think that's what's important. Because yeah, if they, if they make it too much of an agenda, then it just feels, again, not part of the story. But if they weave the story correctly, I'm all for it. I'm all for something different. Sure. No, I'm definitely looking forward to it. But the Crystal one was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only reason why I'm looking forward to it is because of Harrison Ford. Because even though I disliked Crystal Skull, I still think he was very good as Indiana Jones in the fourth one. Uh, th his fourth one, yeah. Um, he, he does play a good Indiana Jones. I don't know how he might be too old to play him now. And it's kind of, I've said this too, with Superman 4, it's a horrible movie. Christopher Reeve is still good in it as Superman. 
So you can appreciate little things like that. Even with the crystal skull, try to focus on just Indiana Jones story and go to the bathroom whenever Karen Allen or Shia LaBeouf shows up, you know, and it might be a little bit of a better movie for you. Uh, I am concerned. I really hope the rumors are BS and that it's not going to be a gender swap with Indiana Jones. Um, they do seem to be making a big deal now that he's going, we're going to see advanced technology that we're going to see Harrison Ford as he was when he was 25, 30 years old, and he's going to be a swashbuckling Indiana Jones. And I am a little curious about that too, because de-aging process has gone up quite a bit. Like when we saw, who was the first one that we saw? Do you remember? It wasn't Tony Stark. Uh, was it ant one? What's that? Rogue One? Michael Douglas. Rogue One. Maybe it was Rogue One. Michael Douglas and Ant-Man. Um, yeah, I don't know. But you look at what they did with Mark Hamill and uh, the Book of Boba Fett. It looked pretty good. I think they could probably do that with Harrison Ford. They just have to... You mean The Mandalorian? No, he was in the, the most recent one, the Book of Boba Fett. He looked even better. Yeah, but that was completely CGI. But he still looked good. <laughs> You know, okay, um, he still looked when he was better than he did in Mandalorian, yeah. But uh, he was completely artificially created. Well, that's what we're going to see probably in Indiana Jones 5. It's just the voice, they got to get the voice right, you know, because it doesn't let us not be disconnected with because I'm sure they're going to take Harrison Ford's voice and try to de age that too. Uh, what did they do recently? Oh, it was uh, uh, Obi-Wan, because they got James Earl Jones's voice and they de-aged it properly, where it did sound like yeah, it was right. the, old, you know, the good Darth Vader that should have been there. So yeah, I have confidence in that we're gonna see something amazing in that, but I just hope the story is amazing. The director's pretty good, he's done Logan. Um, forget what other movies he's done. But, uh, yeah, I just hope that it's, again, Kathleen Kennedy has got her fingerprints all over it. She had to bring in Phoebe Waller-Bridge to help write the story and then make her a main character. She's Indiana Jones's goddaughter. Uh, so she could have the name of Jones. And I would hate for it to end where she says, I'm Indiana Jones. And she's wearing that famous fedora Let's just cross our fingers that Bob Iger can stop it. <laughs> if uh, it's coming, Joe, you can't stop it. We'll we'll see. All right, I think let's it's get too far along. We can't stop it now. Got a half an hour left. Let's get into this TV series now. So we had Star Wars TV series. We'd have Marvel TV store a series. I'm trying to break this up. Uh, for Star Wars, we had Book of Boba Fett. We had Obi Wan Kenobi. We had Andor, and we had Star Wars: The Tales of the Jedi. Uh, we'll start with that. I know what Jack's answer is going to be here. What was your favorite one, Jack? And what was your least favorite one? My favorite one was Tales of the Jedi. Yes. That was well written. It looked beautiful. I mean, they've really taken a good advance from the old Clone Wars series. Um, but the whole thing was... Excellent. You kind of get Count Dooku. He's not just, you know, a daddy stuck in there uh, to take Palpatine's place while he's working in the shadows. 
um, he kind of supported. You could kind of get why this guy turned against the Jedi. Um, and Ahsoka, her beginnings were really good. I was kind of hesitant because it's like, we've seen enough of Ahsoka, but I really liked it. So I think that was the best Star Wars we've seen on TV. Even edging out the Mandalorian thing. So that that is my favorite. Fedra? Mandalorian, hands down. Wow. But this was this year. Mandalorian was the previous year. We, was the Mandalorian? No, nah, we didn't have the Mandalorian this season. I think it was the end of... Oh, we had two episodes last year. Oh, we had the two episodes in the book above the Fett. Yeah, okay. Mm. I mean, that would be hard for me to say book above a completely, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, re I didn't see Tales, and Andor was pretty slow moving, so... Yeah, Charlie, you had such high hopes of Andor. What was your opinion on that series? It's still better than the others. But I haven't seen Tales of the Jedi. You should. It's pretty and damn good. And I refuse to really watch Obi-Wan. Um, yeah, I refuse to watch Obi-Wan. So um, that leaves me with chapter five of the book of Boba Fett, which is, <laughs> hasn't got Boba Fett in. So that's great. That was really, really good. Um, but Andor, yeah, it could have been faster paced, but the best out of those. I'll agree with Jack. The Tales of the Jedi is awesome. If no one's seen it, they really need to see it. Um, and Charlie, yeah, I agree with you. I think Andor probably is the best out of those other three, but it's boring. It, it's just very long. They didn't have to make 12 episodes. Uh, they could have shorten the story they, they could have told yeah, us right. the same story in a shorter amount of time and they didn't the actors were pretty good i would say all of them were very good and the production values were very nice it's just something was missing and i again i think it's story it could have been a better story and cassian andor i'm sorry he's always been boring in rogue one he was boring he's boring in this if they're going to make a series about somebody at least putting K2SO into the, the series. Uh, that's why I hope they bring that droid in soon. He's going to be in it definitely the second season. Yeah. But that whole thing of them, of him being in the prison and working on those giant widgets or whatever the hell he was working on. See, that was pretty much my favorite part, really. Was it really? I thought it was the most interesting. I mean, at least, and also the robbery, but that was about it. Like, everything else, it was very cinematic. I loved that. You know, the the filming and the editing of it, great. And again, I'm not, you know, really dishing on the, the actors itself. It's, again, the storyline and the writing. But really, the only part that kept me going was like, how are they going to get out of that? And what's the next step for him to get out of that prison? And where is he going to go? It definitely showed me different connections of, you know, how they were able to make those, you know, pieces and, and what... You know, I'm, I'm filing a blank, so I'm just going to keep ranting. Um, how, you know, things were connected and what they were looking for for the resistance. But again, it's like it's like they give you crumbs and not a full detail like the films do. It's just, again, this little part of a series. And, and I just I just don't feel it like I just don't feel connected to it. And that's 
the only part was obviously when they got out of the jail. <laughs> I, I just felt that part was a waste of time because it didn't make him a better character by being in jail and escaping. It, I just felt that we could have missed all of that and it just didn't add anything to it. The one character that he survived with, didn't he die? I don't, I, 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 I can't even remember the episode. I think he got away with it. I think it was one of the guys who told Yeah, I know. It's just the bottom line is Lucasfilm needs to do better. Uh, right, let's get into Marvel. There was a lot of Marvel oh, stuff. Hang on, one interesting note, though. What's that? I was surprised to see Andor show up on broadcast. It was on one night last week on Channel 7. And then it was also broadcast on TNT. So wow. I just found it funny that we're starting to see this plus start to show up on regular TV. Hmm. Any thoughts on that? Discuss amongst yourselves. All right. Well, I'm going to, there's a couple of people in the chat that seem to really like Andor. Can someone explain to me what is it that they really liked about Andor? I thought it was slow. You guys are saying it wasn't slow. I don't know. I, I, maybe we saw two different shows, but. Story, Joe. It's story. It's not just, we're going to put stuff in, member berries, and we're going to get it wrong. There were no member berries. They're creating a story. But it's, you know, it's, it's weird because, like, you could watch that show and not realize that you're watching a Star Wars show if the stormtroopers didn't pass by, which is good and it's bad, you know, in a way. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I like the idea. I think that whole group of working the intelligence bureau and spying on people, I think that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I also really liked the heist episode. Yeah. That was really good. But you're right, Joe. The whole prison bit was just kind of felt like giving him something to do. Almost like Canto Pike in The Last Jedi. Let's just stick him somewhere while we continue the stories of Mon Mothma and uh, what's... What's the art of the antique dealer? What's his name again? Oh, oh it's yeah. Stephen Starsgard. Yeah. I, I yeah. liked him. I, I, I did like him. I like him too, and I think that's interesting. Um, but the whole Cassian part about stuck in prison, I think we could have had him do something different. Again, I mean, I'm glad that you guys liked it, but I, in the chat, it's just it just didn't grab me. It's just that's just the way some things are. Jack just disappeared. You might have to. Oh, there he is. He's back again. Yeah, I got back there for a second. Okay. All right. Let's get into the Marvel series. So we had Miss Marvel. We had Moon Knight. We had She-Hulk. We had Werewolf by Night, and the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Uh, Jack, did you even watch Miss Marvel? I didn't watch Miss Marvel. But you were correct on one thing. What? I love the holiday special. You did like the holiday special. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was great. I'm curious to hear I about Charlie. I love the songs yeah. by the band, especially the first one. The first of, song is pretty the, funny. Yeah. 
Um, I found it very funny how it was almost like Dumb and Dumber between Mantis and Drax. You know, not that she's dumb, but she's just overly naive. And when she drinks, now she starts to get cranky. Wait, I was going to ask, why was she so nasty in this one? Is it because she was drinking? She just, I think it was the booze. But she's a, she's a mean drunk. But still, it's just she loses patience with Drax more than anybody else. I mean, let's face it, you know, he flips a car over and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you okay? And, you know, she goes back to the old mantis, but when she's talking with Drax, she's like, you idiot, don't kill anybody. But I did, I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think they would be great together in a TV series. Um, the only thing that bothered me with this show, well, there was a couple of things. Sean Gunn, he's got to go. Well, I guess he is going now that James Gunn is gone, and I don't know what they're going to do with the Guardians now, but he's not a good replacing, replacement for Yon, Yondu. Um, what's that? I don't think he's supposed to be. I just don't he's like just, him. He's just one of the guys who wants to ride. He sticks out Yondu like a sore was, thumb. You know, the take charge. This is what we're going to do, boy. You know? But he's it, done not that kind of character. He, but he's wearing his little thing on his head, you know? Which he doesn't know how to use. Yeah. But <laughs> while I was watching this, I really felt like they, they paid some actors more money than others. It's like I felt like uh, Batista and the girl who plays Mantis were paid a decent amount of money. And uh, Chris Pratt showed Karen, up, but really... Karen Gillan got like... Yeah, like scale. Rocket and uh, Groot, they barely had any time whatsoever. It felt really a little disjointed that it just focused on the two of them. Um, but it was fun, though. I mean, and that's what we want to see. I don't know if it'll be a traditional Christmas holiday special that we'll watch every year. But there were some funny things in it, you know, that yeah. that did well. And Charlie, I know you had seen it. Do you have a different? Yeah, I watched it this morning. What'd you think? Uh, right. So the, the 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 positives. It's great. Kevin Bacon, wonderful. Kevin Bacon in anything is great. Is fantastic. So it gets definitely gets points for that. However, However. it does feel like. My view of it was the, the, the deflating Santa. I just kind of felt like he's in the cockpit. He gets told about how um, influential he is for Star-Lord and yeah, this, is, this is what it means. And I was, I was actually watching it in bed next to Amanda, my, my partner. And she was, she was looking at it. She's, she's playing a game on her phone. Um, and she looks up occasionally and goes, what what's going on what's this and i'm like i know it all seems a bit weird i said but i tell you what he's going to come out of that ship now and he's going to do the little shimmy from footloose and he's going to like get some people behind him and he's going to be all christmasy and i said and i said if you think that's not going to happen you've not watched tv over the last 30 years because that's exactly what's going to happen and then he picks a guitar up 
and he sings a song which nobody knows or has any connection with or, or, or doesn't do a Kevin Bacon thing and I'm like he missed a trick there <laughs> There's a, that could have been that could have elevated it into something better it's just a bit of a mess I did go afterwards and watch the Star Wars holiday special after straight afterwards and Amanda had never seen it and I went watch this <laughs> Do you, do you know that he has a, a band with his brother? Oh, I knew he was in a band. But yeah. we have this in the UK. If we have a comedian and they're telling jokes and they're really funny, you can audibly hear the groan in the audience when they decide, oh, and I've just written a few songs, so I'm going to put my guitar on now. You're like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that, please. Um, I kind of, I think his brother was the alien that was singing with him. I could be wrong. I didn't really look into it, but I have a feeling it wasn't. Well, I think that's his band, actually. Yeah. They're a real band. Well, yeah, that's what we were saying. I think the Bacon Brothers or whatever huh. they're called. But no, it was fun. But he's brilliant. I mean, he is brilliant. And there, there are some gems in the 80s that people don't remember him for. Everyone looks at him and thinks it's Red McCormick, it's Footloose, or it's, you know, other characters that he's had. I'm looking at Valentine in Tremors. I'm looking at Whitewater um, uh, like Summer, which is nobody knows that film exists, but Kevin Bacon is amazing in it. What was and it's got movie? a young, very, very young Sean Astin from Lord of the Rings. So it's definitely worth checking. What was that movie that had Denise Richards and uh, Nev Campbell in it? Wild Things. Yeah, he was in that too. I forgot he was in that because I well, wasn't yeah, paying attention perfectly, to him. Perfectly understandable, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you should check it out, Fedor. I think you'd like it. I should. Very musical. Oh, you like music. Um. So what about the other ones, Charlie? Did I mean, do you sort? Did you see Moon Knight or She She Hulk? I uh, I loved the first episode of Moon Knight. I thought it was great. Uh, by episode three, it had basically gone. There's nothing for you here now, so you can stop watching. Turns out I was right that, that the later episodes turned out to be bait and switch, and so I just saved some time. No, you're right. The first episode of Moon Knight was was great, wonderful. And then the problem with Moon Knight is like what they do with the Hulk is they gave us too little Moon Knight and too many of what was his name, Mark and Stephen. You know, yeah, like, they they kind of missed the ball a little. Then they kill him off for like three episodes. It, it's just stupid. It's um, like I think so. I think he was gone for like three episodes. Like, but we wouldn't see Moon Knight, you know, in until at some point. I don't know. Was it that long? I I, I know it was at least two. But then again, I did like the with the uh, ship of the dead going through the desert. Yeah, that I thought cool. that was a cool bit. But She-Hulk was a definite low point. For some reason, I liked She-Hulk. I mean, I didn't like every episode, but I, I found it amusing. Like I always say, it was kind of like a, like a sitcom, you know, and it was in small bite-sized pieces, like they were like 20, 25 minutes each. And uh, sometimes they got the humor right. But yeah, it does... 
at times she did come off as she thought she was better than Bruce Banner. And she never got her ass kicked, which I would have appreciated at least if that happened once. Uh, she had that at the end of the series. They end up insulting the very audience and the people that are going to watch it in the first place. Who should we make the bad guys? Let's make the nerds, the people that buy the merchandise and the comics and all the stuff that goes with it. Let's make them the bad guys. And you're like, okay, if I hadn't got the message before, this isn't for me. Thank you. You just confirmed that. Well, we said this too. They, the writers thought they were the star of this show. And so much so that they wrote themselves into the series. And that's a problem that Marvel has and Star Wars has is that they really don't want to hire fans of the character. They want to, in a way, I guess they think they're hiring good writers, but they want writers to push a specific way of thinking or agenda. And that just turns off the fans where it's not going to do good business for them. At least be. Well, it's a Star Wars test, Joe. 95 out of 100, you've got the job. You can write. You could you be a writer on Star Wars. Oh, so you, 94, you're out. So your test is you ask a uh, hundred questions and you got to get 95 yep. right. Yeah. Yeah, I would go for that. At this point, we have we with the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They're out, Jack. No, because I mean, Boba Fett showed that I don't, I don't know who's in the writing camp, but they don't get the fact that you know. Uh, it's kind of tough to tell a guy that you've talked about for 40 years as a badass bounty hunter now wants to be a kinder, gentler crime lord buddy. You know, that, you know, he walks down the street and children bring him flowers. Like, come on, this is not the Boba Fett we're looking for. Yeah. You know, we're not looking for Boba Fett who, you know, has a pet rancor, he goes downstairs, rubs on the nose, and makes it happen. No, we want Boba Fett who's throwing people in the pit to feed the rancor. You know, yep. that's what we want. <laughs> but no, that's not what we got. We got a kinder, gentler Boba Fett. We got scooter youths. We got, <laughs> I don't know what the other huts were, but. It's no wonder Jabba ran the place because the other huts were just weird. And the bad and the bad guy Jack turned out to be Boba Fett's anger, which needed to be understood and remodeled and repurposed. Yeah. And there we go. Everything's fine. But you just wonder, like again, Disney when they reported their earnings recently, I think they said like last quarter they lost one point eight billion dollars on Disney Plus. They're giving like $100 million budgets to all these series. And they have to realize that people just aren't going to watch this crap if it's not any good. It's like you're wasting money. Uh, no wonder why you have a loss. Yeah. Well, Moon Knight was interesting that it was cinematic. It really showed this kind of uh, interesting way of showing a mindset of schizophrenia where he's in and out of this dream state. He's not really knowing who he is or the pact that he made with a mythological Egyptian being. Just pointing that out. Uh, I do love how they put in Egyptian mythology and various parts of 
the way that Egyptians worshipped death and worshipped various pagan gods, multiple gods for those. Uh, so I thought that was very interesting, how you mentioned, Jack, the, the boat, which is supposed to transport you from the physical world to the outer world. I thought that was beautifully done as like a dreamscape. But I agree, I wanted to see Moon Knight in his armor. I wanted to see more of his powers. And they just showed that a little bit. So that's, that's what I agree with you, Joe, that it was showing more of the character of Mark and Steve. It was showing more of the background of Mark and Steve, which fine. You can do. It doesn't mean it doesn't need to be throughout the entire season. You can wrap that, you know, very nicely in a few episodes and get to the action. It's like we've always said about Spider-Man. We don't need to see Spider-Man without his face. We know he's Spider-Man. Let's have him with the mask on and go fight crime, save the day and show that aspect. That's what I wanted to see. It's the same argument I have with She-Hulk. You know, do, do I believe that She-Hulk can be just as good as Hulk? Yeah. But Hulk has more experience. He warned her of that. Episode one. And no, I don't like that they made her a little bit bratty. I don't like that she had to play herself as a victim in any form. If you're a very empowered, powerful woman, you don't need to point that out. You just own it just like a man would. Mm. So um, I, I like that they show that she's, you know, trying to battle with power, which is, you know, really portraying herself as an attorney or, you know, balancing out these powers that she's trying to figure out. I appreciated that. That's, that's like standard in almost any, you know, we go into Batman with Bruce Wayne or we go into Superman being Clark. We've seen that. That's a great, nice juggle. Um, but no, I didn't like her twerking. I didn't think that was important. Yeah, that yeah was... you want to put that comedy in? Fine. I did not like that. Me, Fedra, as a woman, I didn't like that display. I've never seen a man twerk. Like, I've never seen Batman or Superman twerk. So, yeah, I'd have a problem with that. Um, and then the whole segment of, like, toward the end of the season, it was probably the best part, which, you know, they put on her date on display and she's mortified. And because of that, like, she got aggressive. And it was like, finally, that's what I wanted to see. Not that I wanted to see her be violent, but I wanted to see that aggression. And I wanted to see what would uh, set her off. You know, what would it be? Because I know with Hulk, it might be different things. And we've seen that where he just goes out of control. But... That's what I want to see more in the season. And, you know, the whole detective thing of trying to figure out the villain. Yeah, that's cool. That was good. And I loved that it was more airy. It was more playful. There was not as much a cult and not, not as much death. So that's why I appreciate it. Because you did say that, uh, if I quote you right, you said that finally I can just turn off my brain and just enjoy the show. And in the middle of that season, I was able to do that and just... You know, not judge everything. But, I mean, you know, like, isn't that what we do? Like, we just have our opinions about what we like or dislike in a show or, or, or film. We, like, we want to see certain things. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. All right, we're running out of time, but I did want to bring up a news story that I missed before. And uh, 
basically what it is is that there was a guy, his name is Nate Moore, I think he was a producer on Black Panther, and he came out and he said, one thing I think is interesting, and specifically for writers, I would say a lot of times we're pitched writers who love Marvel, and to me that's always a red flag because I go, oh, I don't want you to already have a pre-existing idea of what it is because you grew up with issue 15 and you want to re recreate that. I want somebody who's hard on the material, who goes, what is this? I think there's a movie here, but maybe we should be looking at it this way. I think that defines the problem with Marvel and Star Wars, is they're not looking for fans to talk about or write about the series. They're looking for people that aren't fans to put their own spin on things. Absolutely. And it's- yeah. I mean, if you, if you look at being a comic book Every month, there's a storyboard that comes out. You can you can get basic stories from these old comics, update them, maybe put your old spin on them, but at least you've got a core story for these characters that was written for these characters. Don't have to lift it word for word, but it should give you a feel for, you know, We'll use the FF for example, my favorite. So many issues in the FF were, yeah, Ben Grimm has a sense of humor. He can be funny, he can get around, okay? But from time to time, he gets really pissed off that his three friends can blend in with anybody else on the street. But he's this gigantic rock monster. Okay, there are stories written that you want to incorporate that subplot into a story, bring it in. Okay, if you don't know anything about the thing, you're losing an essential element of the character. And unless you want to tell a story, it's like, oh yeah, here it is. Oh yeah, this big darn drop guy goes along with this. Well, you might have a story, but that's not the thing. And you know what? That's what the people going to see this movie want to see. They want to see the thing. They want to see the human torch playing jokes on them. They want to see Reed Richards as so far. He for gets things that should be confidence. And you've got Sue as the suffering life girlfriend trying to keep him attentive and hold the four of them together because they're dysfunctional. You know, you can't make a fantastic film without them. And you need to have writers who at least understand these characters. And how hard is it to find out about them? Go to the comic book store. Go online. It's not that hard. But they don't want to because, you know, they 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 would rather see let's deal with the thing in body chaining. Yeah, that's it. Well, he's embarrassed of what he looked like. Yeah, that's a whole subplot. No, how about the fact that this is a body chaining, this ruined his life. But he's trying to make the best of it. Yeah. This is this is what this writer crew this latest batch of writers at Marvel and Star Wars 
have wrong. And nobody wants to tell them they're wrong because their boss loves this kind of approach. You know, who cares about Star Wars? But we got to put the message out that, you know, go women. Nobody's saying don't go woman, but it's you're being preached to. And they don't get it. Yeah, yeah, wasn't it one of the writers on on um, Kenobi went, wait a minute, Anakin and Anakin and Darth Vader are the same same person. Yeah. 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 What? That blew my mind. How do you know that? How do you not know that in your writing for Star Wars? Absolutely. Growing up, growing up over here in the UK, when Empire Strikes Back came out, loved it. I mean, everyone universally loved it. But what character did we focus on? Boba Fett. Mysterious. Look at this guy's bounty hunter, and it does this, and everyone, and we were making rockets, and we were just like trying to, you know, like most kids growing up, and they make stuff themselves in the seventies and eighties. It's just no health and safety. Um, but we would, we we latched onto that character, and we we really loved it. So when somebody says we're going to make the book of Boba Fett, mind blowing! I can't wait. This is the character, the, the story. I don't know how he skips out of the Sarlacc pit, but it's fine, they're gonna tell us all about it. That was We're gonna cool. go on a great journey. And what happened? We got that. Thanks, and where, writers. And where Thanks was, for spoiling a really good character. And where was I'm the, dropping my score. <laughs> Charlie, I'd be happy 70% on the Charlie pit. But you make a good point, Charlie, like when you say that somebody should be given a quiz and at least get like an 80 or with Jax at a 75. But say you now. interview a, a, maybe 200 writers, maybe you interview 200 writers and some get that quiz right. At least one of them should be a good writer. There has to be one, you know, like where you have a balance of both. They know the material and they can write well. And I think that that's what's missing. It's like. Most of these writers, like we said, they don't know the material and they don't want to know the material. They want to put their own spin on it. Like it reminds me of like Michael Gambon when he was cast as uh, Dumbledore. He's like, I don't want to know anything about Dumbledore. I want to recreate Dumbledore as I see him. And I thought he sucked. He, you know, he was no, um, who was the Richard guy? Harris. Richard Harris, yeah. And that, I think that that's what they're doing with Marvel and Star Wars. It's like. We're giving you what we want to give you, not what you want. And just things have got to change. Oh, and you like it. Because the moment that you give any dissent, we're going to throw insults at you. And the reason you don't like the thing that we've created is because you're one of these, it pick insult, insert insult here. And they do that before the show comes out. Like they did with um, Reaver and Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they preempt it because they know exactly what's going to happen. So they need an excuse for their poor series, and they've got one. What they did with Reva is they tried to market that there are racism towards that character. And, and they should have just, they, they didn't have to go that way. It's almost like they used that to promote the show. Um, they, they could have handled it a different way. And I'm sure there was some racist comments towards the actress or, or the character and all that. Oh, absolutely, they're idiots everywhere. But they thrived on it, Disney, to, to virtue signal, to say, well, this is, we defend our actors and our characters and all that. Mm. 
And and it's the same thing, even like when Loki, you know, like Loki came out implying that he was bisexual. That was the whole, that was the only thing that was in the news, like whenever you would talk about that series, is they mentioned like how important this was that he came out. And it's almost like they, you know, pre-saw that this was going to be the big news story and we need to push that and maybe more people will see it. I don't know, I just wish that hopefully Bob Iger, when he takes control, he saw the mistakes that the other administration made and he realizes what needs to happen in order to get the fans back for not only Marvel, Star Wars, but also Disney and the parks and whatever else they're involved with. I thought you were taking over, Chuck. Billy I Bear? do, Billy but Dawn? you know, they, they won't let me, you know, I'm lucky I can get in the park. <laughs> Ah, so okay, so we're, 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 all right, we're going to wrap up. So uh, it's 102. All right, so uh, this is it. I guess this is the end of our show. Um, if you want, you guys feel you want to email me, it, it is at joe at wdwnt.com. Jack? You can always email me at jackm at wdwnt.com. Fedra? Fedra at wdwnt.com. And Charlie and Rusted Junk. Uh, yeah, rusted, rusted Type in Rusted Junks to Facebook and you can message us. Um, go on your favorite podcast provider and click on Rusted Junk. Pick a film. Pick, pick, pick one that you like, that you know a little bit more about, and then start there. And then you can go to the more obscure Robert Downey Jr. films like Weird Science, Back to School, <laughs> Pick Up Artist. All great films. And we'd also like to thank the chat, you know, for participating with this. And uh, I guess that's it. So this is the end of our episode for the Toys for Tots Marathon, and we will see you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Good night, everyone. <laughs>